Okay. How you doing, Thomas? You know, I'm all right. Um, you know, I've been thinking about... We're not very good about doing shows that are topical, if that makes sense. Or, or like shows that are relevant, right? We try to... We try to yeah, we don't, we're not good at doing shows that are relevant. <laughs> we're just good at doing shows, period. Yeah, right. Yeah, that too. Which which made the pitch we got earlier today even that much funnier. I'm really excited about this. I, I don't know if... I mean, are we ready to share with people the, the big news about our show? I don't I know. Mean, this could really be the turning point, Thomas. I mean, we keep talking this could about be. it. Like, this could be. I know. This could really take us to the next level. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we keep we keep talking about that uh, that, that bloom point, that... Uh, you know, that, that point on the graph where you jump from one plateau to the next. Yeah. And uh, I think this might be it. Do, do you have the email in front of you? I think I, I have it somewhere. You forwarded that to me. I do. Yeah, but I'm just looking at... email us um, with, with these types of uh, huge opportunities, I mean, just email Thomas... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, email uh, Sam at thinking.fm. If if you're a listener of the show, or you can just like send out random solicitations. If you want. Yeah, you can you can do that too. Like, okay. well, this is funny because this came listeners on the show, so let me just send them an email. Yeah, I know. Like, um, yeah. Okay, so do you want me to read the whole thing? No, no, no. no. Okay, I'm gonna read this part, and you, you can read whatever you want. Okay. Like part. All right. Hold on, I was reading this on my mobile earlier, so I'm trying to. Did you see my reply? Yeah. Was, was that a was that a timely gift or was that was that an out of place gift? No, it was an appropriate gift. How about that? Catch me outside. Catch me outside. How about that? I don't know what it means. Um, people at work make fun of me because I don't know what anything means. And I'm like, stay woke. And they're like, you can't say that. <laughs> Sam's like, uh, it's a trending gift, so it's got to work in response to the situation, right? <laughs> I like to be awake. <laughs> I'm hip. All right. Um, when being interviewed on your podcast, Trevor will capture and motivate audiences by ensuring that the key messages from each session are highlighted and linked with each other and with the theme of the interview and that interview strategies and desired outcomes are constant consistently reinforced the result is the organization and speakers look good when the maximum value is derived to the participants uh okay here goes is that the one? Uh, da, 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 da. uh this is great radio most of all trevor is loaded with passion <laughs> that's that's a, the name of my next album right. loaded yeah. with passion loaded with passion whether he's speaking in front of an audience or consulting business owners and executives trevor gives his heart and soul to help people achieve the, the results they desire okay having been a consultant and now working on the inside of a company like that's not what you do he transforms he transforms the quote complicated into simple to understand and easy to implement steps that anyone can apply anyway i thought that was great it's just so Okay, so I mean, it's it's a, it's just a bad pitch all around, right? But thanks, for, Courtney. Thanks, Courtney. For a whole bunch of reasons, but um, the worst is like you clearly don't know anything about our show. Did you click right? through Courtney's uh, URL there at the bottom? Just yes, I did. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wow. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, wow. Hi, Courtney. Um, you know, like magazine editors talk about this all the time, like read the magazine you're pitching to you know read the newspaper you're pitching to and it needs to fit and i don't know like oh, you and I are, has never listened to our show no we're like not we're not going to talk about sales and closing strategies unless we're saying that coffee is for closers 
Right. Coffee is for closers. You know what you need? <laughs> Other than that, we're not talking about closing strategies. You're weak. You're weak. So, I don't know. Yeah, it was just um but I guess we've made it, right? We're getting we're getting crazy pitches like this for guests to I be get, on our show. Does that mean we've made I have, it? I don't know, five of these a week. I mean, it's kind of a like once you get to a certain point, I don't, I don't know if it's automated or something. With hey, you know, here's some podcasts that have this many listeners. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never gotten one from Courtney here. I'm reading her her facts, her FAQs. Um, she helps authors and others with the message get interviewed on podcast. When you become like client you get access to thousands of podcasters who need people to interview no we don't i represent you by making the initial contact once the interview is agreed upon you'll finalize the schedule all you need to do is show up <laughs> thanks courtney um and the the issue you know i mean whatever i'm, I'm sure enough I, if you've ever like dove into the the abysmal swamp that is the itunes podcast experience like there are a lot of like lame business podcasts and lame Christianity podcasts, lame religion podcasts. Yeah, quite true. Joel Osteen, um, out there that, you know, something like this, if you send out a thousand of these, I'm sure like someone's going to take you up on it. Um, so anyway, I kind of want to hire Courtney and see how much she cost. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Just to send out emails and, and then we could be yeah. interviewed on another podcast. And <laughs> exactly. Podcast <laughs> with simple, easy to understand practices that anybody can use yeah it would be we will give them simple and actionable steps go to thinking.fm click donate um yeah so um so we're not very good i don't guess at this thing Come back to this <laughs> no no okay in the background. all right yeah and you know the pups right they agree we're not very good at this but she talks about our great pitches in her in her facts <sighs> Yeah. Like, at least listen to a show. I mean, I know it's right. all spam automated, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that thing that you said about Trump and politics. I don't know. Right. Then we'd be like, oh, hey, somebody listened to our show. <laughs> maybe maybe they like us. And, well, yeah, we'll talk to them. Uh, yeah, we're not going to have a half-hour conversation about lead generation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had, like, ten of those today. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. Uh, That's exactly why we're not doing it podcast. on our show. <laughs> right. Uh, no, but so we were thinking about um, the show this week, and we we decided we, we might actually try to be somewhat timely, right? We try to do shows with a long tail. We try to do evergreen shows, right? Right. So, because we, we do. We get we get thousands of people every month who, who listen to old shows, and we don't want them to feel lost. And the show is not, a, it's, it's not meant to be like a news show. It turns into that sometimes, and that's okay. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. a capsule in time, and it'll help the AI bots when they reconstruct us in 50 years, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Right. <laughs> this is what Sam thought about Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, well, when we all get our duos to put on our wall. Yes. I'm so excited that's about that. That's pretty awesome. I know. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Apple or whoever's going to come out with something much better in you know five to 10 years, but to see that kind of consumer product, what I'm talking about, uh, if, if we're friends on Facebook, you'll see, but there's a... Uh, it's a, a company called Duo.Computer. Yes. Um, oh, geez. I just woke up my thing. Sorry. Hi, Alexa. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, she went to sleep. Uh, uh, Duo.Computer. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a computer. <laughs> ah, I did it again. It's a, it's a thing that, that does What is it? I don't get it. <laughs> it Can you it explain it math. to me? 
announcing that he is accepting applications to his new charter school. What? charter school opened last year, accepting 176 students out of 1,000 with mission to provide historically disadvantaged students with college readiness skills. See, this is why you tune in. Anyway, so there's this thing, and it's, it's it looks like a mirror, but it's a thing that does that, and uh, and it's got like weather and and I think it, I don't know if it integrates with calendars and stuff, but I totally want that. Um, I stayed yeah. at at a hotel in New York, right across from Google's campus. That was kind of like that uh, a couple of years back, and everything in the room is controlled by an app, and the mirror was kind of like this two-way mirror, so you you could kind of see into the into the the main suite. Uh, but the big bathroom mirror was kind of translucent. You couldn't see the other way, so you couldn't see into the bathroom. Right. But it had like a like a display, so you know you could kind of see the electronics behind it. But it was it was cool. So like, if you allowed the app that you install on your phone permissions, it would show you like weather back home and your calendar and this and that. I, I didn't do that because I'm I'm yeah. a security fan. Uh, but I was like, well, you know, that's like the first time I've ever had that experience, and I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm excited. I don't know. I think I think we're we're there, and people need to stop, you know, trying to claw their way back into a cave with paper books and just say, you know what, the future is going to be really really neat. So let's let's stop uh, let's stop worrying about the the nuclear bombs and you know learn to love the bomb. That, yeah, <clears throat> let's all just go grab a Pepsi. They <laughs> <Stay> woke fan. <laughs> Oh, that was terrible. Wow, what were they thinking? Okay, coming from the advertising world, let's talk about this too. You, do you want to explain okay. that? I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It's like this week in ADD. Yeah. Okay. So there's this. I mean, I can't believe. I can't imagine anybody hasn't seen it already. But there's this Pepsi commercial, and um, who is it? Kendall Jenner. Is that who's in it? Uh, Kylie. Kendall. Which Kylie. One? I don't know. I don't it, one it, it's one of them. I'm not sure. I think it was Kendall. Um, and basically, there's like a like a black lives matter protest going on. Right. Or, and there's like riot cops and she like hands him a Pepsi and then everything's cool. I, I, I haven't seen the commercial cause I'm, I'm busy. Uh, it, it is the person that Kendall Jenner hands the Pepsi to black. Like it is, or is it like a black lives matter protest or is it, no, is it like she a mixed group? It to a cop. Oh yeah. We'll find it. Um, Yeah. Is it set up to be a Black Lives Matter protest, or is it just like a like a Trump protest or something? Let me yeah. see. I mean, not that there's necessarily a difference, but right. So, here. so it's kind of a throwback to this, um, like a Coke ad from the '60s, uh, which was also bad. Um, but yeah, just the idea that like, oh, if we just all have Pepsi, we can all get along is I don't know it's kind of amazing I'd like to um, teach the world to sing in perfect harmony right right so you know but it reminds me of like there was there was like a Nivea commercial this week too right that was like white is pure and it's like how is somebody not sitting there realizing <laughs> this is a horrible idea people we can't we can't say that yeah yeah okay so it was like a protest and she she gives this Pepsi to a white cop, and then every he like smiles and everybody starts cheering like oh it's all cool now. And then did you see um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter or granddaughter? 
I can't remember which one on Twitter was like, oh, it was, it was his daughter. Like, if only daddy, you know, if only my dad had known that trick. <laughs> with like a picture of him, like face to face with some cops, like in the 60s. <laughs> was wow, like, that's, some, that's some complicated shade right there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's my question, right? I mean, you're in these meetings, these types of meetings a lot. All day. All day, every day. How does nobody say, you know what, I'm... I'm not sure this is a good idea. Like I've been in there where you you just you know the you kind of get going and things start rolling and and you just go with an idea or something and then somebody from the outside needs to come in and say oh maybe not you know I, I have this question but but this seems particularly egregious right okay so you've got to mix it to, uh, two things you've got one the fact that advertisers and marketers are mostly not the most intelligent people in the world right I'm not I'm not speaking of my colleagues. Of course not, but, obviously. <laughs> I'm not. But, you know, I mean, we're not people who are deep philosophical thinkers. We're focused on KPIs and success variables and, you know, those things. So if we look at a demographic and say, oh, we want to hit this and we want to hit this, and here's the KPI that we want to achieve, so we need to do this. And if you don't know what a KPI is, then consider yourself blessed. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to link to that. Uh, the other factor is that we live in a I don't know the, the newsfeed world or, or you know whatever we want to call this where it's okay to be a little brash and a little you know a little colonial even yeah and, and put lipstick on Putin and a yeah. rainbow behind him you know and it's like haha but he's a world leader you know but that's also co-opting you know LGBTQ themes and all sorts of things, whatever. Um, we're, we're not as careful anymore, and I, I don't know if it's a backlash against things like political correctness, whatever, <clears throat> and the realization that people like you know the president can throw inaccurate statements out there, and then in two weeks' time we forgot about it. Same thing's going to happen here. I mean, no one is going to remember this Pepsi thing, but in 1980s, whatever, 1984, when Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire in a Pepsi commercial. We all remember that. Yeah. You know, so um, there's a, a CNN show, and I never thought I'd say this after Finding Jesus. There's, <laughs> there's a CNN show that Mariana and I really enjoy. It's called The 80s, and it's okay. on Netflix. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's on Netflix, and it's it's actually super interesting. And they have a show on technology in the 80s. It's produced by Tom Hanks, so it's got some okay. money behind it. Uh, but it's really well done, and they go into like music of the '80s in one episode. And last night we watched uh, TV shows from the '80s, and that was actually a two-parter. So talking about Cheers and Hill Street Blues and Miami Vice and Alf and those types of things, and how TV became this and that, and it went into MTV. But I remember like so much, you know, who shot Jr., who did this, and there were these big cultural milestones, right? You know, um, Michael Jordan with that big you know thing in 1989 where he jumps and takes a shot then he jumps up in the air and pumps his fist like these cultural moments that we all had in common because we were all watching one of the big three networks right right so i would think that that and has that something to do with it too right that there, yeah. there's now so much to choose from that you have to rise above the din and, and, and that's what way, advertisers are trying to do well and one way to do that is by being sort of radically authentic it's kind of yeah. the term that we use so you'll see like oreo dissing someone and saying like well sorry you don't like our cookies you have terrible taste 
Right. Arya would never, you know, Nabisco, you know, Procter & Gamble, these huge mega global corps would never say that kind of stuff to a, a customer, a potential customer, or whatever in the past, but that's okay on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. And you get more retweets by throwing shade like that. Yeah. Because it's snarky and it's funny and, you know, hashtag right. stay woke, whatever. Yeah. See Merriam-Webster on Twitter. Exactly. Perfect example. So Merriam-Webster is getting lots more traffic and they're selling dictionaries or whatever they do now because that, I mean, Trump was president because of Twitter. Yeah. I mean, let that sink in. And it's not because he was saying great policy statements or putting out Winston Churchill type moments on Twitter. He was just throwing crap against the wall and seeing what would stick. So if you do it from that perspective of marketing and advertising and you're looking for certain KPIs, yes, this was a fail for some communities, but, and I'm, I'm not saying Pepsi was right, um, but they got a lot of traffic off of this and there's a lot of free advertising and a lot of free television. And it's not 1984 anymore where bad advertising equates to bad sales. You know, unless you're Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, there was a line and I think Bill O'Reilly found that. Yeah. But um, brands aren't as scared anymore to be real and authentic and, and put it all out there. So, I mean, I think that's where we're seeing the Pepsis and the Oreos and Merriam-Webster, um, Donald Trump, that that kind of kind of changing perspective, interactive advertising, as we call it or whatever. You want yeah. To say. Yeah. So I guess my next question then would be, what does that have to do with the Easter Bunny? <laughs> my my wife is currently texting me about this because um, she was like, so. So I'm, I'm not. I'm, but that's, mm. that's interactive, right? Okay, so <laughs> it's good marketing. I, I was, right? Uh, yeah. All right, so I, I didn't grow up in the church until i was like 13 like we right, were going to church right. when I was 13. we've talked about this and i grew up in a very small conservative town in rural south carolina where everyone went to church i remember riding my bike when i was like 10 and it was a sunday morning and for me that was a great morning because like i forgot the show that came on there was a cartoon that came on um but my dad and i would watch like the political shows which was kind of interesting um and then we would, we would watch like this old house and whatever else came on Sunday morning. And I remember riding my bike around the neighborhood because, you know, back in the 1980s, you could do that without having right. like a police presence around you and having to Snapchat your mom to let her know where you were. And I, I saw like a friend drive by with in, in the car with his parents and, you know, he's dressed up obviously to go to church. And I was like, oh, and I felt really bad about not going to church. And then I went home and, and, uh, I remember, you know, kind of feeling bad about it. And the next Sunday was Easter Sunday. And I woke up and there was like an Easter basket. And I was, you know, I was 10. So, you know, I have a nine-year-old now. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, in her head, like, of course, she sees through that. Right. But I was like, sweet. I get, you know, I get freaking candy for, you know, and I don't have to do anything. Um, like, there's no, you know, there's no commitment on my part. Like, I get this free gift. So I was a big fan of the Easter Bunny and, and uh, all that stuff. And I and it was one of the, the few Sundays. We had a small family, and I was the only kid, like, in my whole family, basically, on my dad's side. So, you know, it was, like, my grandmother and my mom and my dad and my aunts and uncles. And I was the only person under, you know, 40. Um, 
so it was awesome because we would go then to grandma's house and have this big meal and I got to see everyone and we talked and there we had this like weird Easter bunny thing all the way through like high school. Where <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very like my mother's a fish, you know, kind of William Faulkner yeah. looking back. Yeah. But as I lay down, uh one of my favorite books. Uh, we, like dad would hide the Easter eggs and we'd have this big like uh, prodigal son meal and it was fantastic and I loved that holiday like I, and I still I love Easter from the family aspect because of that so when I started going to church and I realized like oh there's this whole other dynamic to Easter that you know I so Jesus got out of the great you know um, right I mean I culturally kind of knew what was going on but yeah where know, are the bunnies yeah then you get the instruction manual and you're like well shit this isn't what I signed up for I like my my pagan Easter. That was much more fun. Right. You know, I, I felt like a, like a Roman in the third century getting converted to Christianity and saying like, "Wait, I have to cut <laughs> my horse skin off, and then I don't get Easter bunny stuff." <laughs> and I, and I got to go to this building every Sunday and sing these terrible songs. And anyway. yeah, and just like in the third century, the church said, "No, it's okay. You can keep doing your thing. <laughs> We're just gonna call it ours. Just give us some money. Just send right. us your cash." Right. Um. So, okay, so all that to say, for me, I really like Easter. It's one of my favorite holidays, like Easter and Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving for that same reason, because I got to see my family as a kid, and I thought that was always fun, and, and I, I I had an uncle who was much older than I was, he, you know, like in 70s, 80s, Uncle Herbert, and he was one of my favorite people, uh, because we would just sit there and argue, and he's like a staunch person on the other political side for me, so we'd have these great conversations, and I remember like 12, 13, 14 years old, like he he listened to me and he took it seriously and I was a big, you know, Dukakis than than Bill Clinton fan yeah. and you know he was not. Um, oops, I just tipped my cards. Uh, well, that's but, what you were when you were thirteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then that changed. Uh, so for for me, those two holidays were really important. Um, and it, I knew from like the time I was five or six that you know the Easter Bunny was a little dubious, just from a, uh, I mean, just from a uh, perspective of logic you know like uh, there there aren't a species of large rabbits you know roaming around the earth. with chocolate in them <laughs> like and they also cadbury you know like the easter bunny's outsourcing is shit like come on <laughs> yeah. easter bunny's uh, pretty smart actually yeah i think i was like four or five i think it was five or six i can't remember anyways around that period where i opened the closet one day and saw the easter bunny basket and i was like oh i need to i need to ask for more because that's not all i want like i also want this oh and i would get gifts at easter yeah, like toys, yes, right? gifts, right? That's right. Yeah, so I mean, I did. All that to say, don't don't put your your chocolate in your peanut butter, right? Like, kids, I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah. I don't think preachers, pastors, whatever, should be dressing up like the Easter Bunny and and trying to make this into a cultural event in order to get the the <clears throat> the kids interested in coming to church. Like, make it about the resurrection. Like, make it about what Easter is supposed to be, like the pious Christian holiday. Like, yay, so, Christmas, that's great. But you know what? Christmas isn't that big of a holiday. It's like Hanukkah for, for Christians. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, kind of a laid-on, made-up holiday in the grand scheme of things. And Easter is the big holiday. Like, yay, baby Jesus. We all love baby Jesus. But you know what? Resurrected Jesus meant a lot more to us. Like, what did baby Jesus ever give us? Myrrh? Incense? What's, what's myrrh? It's a bomb. Why would you bring a baby a bomb? <laughs> a bomb? <laughs> Least diapers, um, <laughs> a pro gold. Ah. Um, so anyway, okay, so yeah. Like, so stronglove.com it talks about this resurrection scavenger hunt yeah. activity for 
church kids. Just so we're clear, it's not strong love. It's strong love. L-U-V. L-U-V. L-O-V-E was taken by uh, by Jennifer at Zippy. Um, scavenger hunt. Something white representing the purity of God because God is pure and God is there. God is white like Nivea, right? Something yeah. black. You know what black represents? Uh, let's see. Give me three guesses, but the first two don't count. All right. Uh, 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 a dog? Nope. A cow or nope. sin? Sin. It's got to be yeah, sin. It's got to be sin. <laughs> Bread, because Jesus broke this and shared it with his disciples. <laughs> okay. I, I can't argue. Coins, because Judas betrayed Jesus in exchange for money. Okay. Can you rub blood on the coins? Uh, thorns to represent the crown of thorns of Jesus on Jesus's head. <clears throat> Perfume poured out on Jesus's feet. Extra points if you get a sexy woman to rub the perfume onto your feet with her right. hair. Uh, two pieces of wood and or sticks to represent the cross. Nails. What secured Jesus to the cross? <laughs> to secure, secure Jesus. Jesus to the cross. Wow. <laughs> You're supposed to print this out for kids. Wow, that's it's nice. It's like crazy glue. Something sour, what Jesus was given to drink. Something red to represent Jesus' blood and the Native Americans. Something torn, the veil in the temple split in two. Spices used to prepare the body for burial. A rock representing the tomb. Three of something to represent the number of days in the tomb. Well, actually, uh, something right. empty. He has risen. It's more like a day and a half, right? <laughs> I mean, if you read the Gospels, it's... Right. And it wasn't on Friday. Uh, something empty. He has risen in white cloth, all that, all that remained in the tomb. And something new. The old things have passed away. Well, so you, you so, go hide those things, and the kids find those things, and then you talk to them about zombie Jesus. So that's that's kind of a long list, right? That's a lot for a kid to find. That's I mean, a lot. Uh, I hope you're, I hope you're dealing with like a teenager because, I mean, all these pictures are uh, kids who are like, I don't know, six or seven. Yeah. The kid has hot sauce in his basket. What's up with that? Why's he got hot sauce? Is that red? So, so. I guess that's his red. That's like the blood the of Jesus. Sauce. The hot sauce of Jesus. <laughs> it's spicy that day. <laughs> that's terrible. All this terrible. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, kids, I mean, the people. Oh, then something this. black to represent sin, and they picked a credit card. Is it an Amex black? <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, so, okay, so that's one thing you could do, mm -hmm. right? But that's not, I'm I sorry, mean, yeah. that's no better than like a, like fall festival, right? Where it's like, yeah. we're going to do what everybody else does. We're just going to do it slightly different and less fun and call it Christian. <laughs> right? I mean. It's like, who needs Halloween? We don't need all that devil worship. And I wonder how, I mean, the Easter Bunny's got a shelf life here. We're going to see the, the Easter Bunny get replaced by these things. Just like Fall Festival has replaced Halloween. Right. So by the resurrection hunts. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I mean, because I'm telling you, people are, people are dubious of this Easter Bunny. I don't know, man. He's had a good run so far. Right? Apparently nobody's caught on to the fact that he doesn't lay eggs. Right. And he's a symbol of an ancient, you know, fertility cult. Fertility cult. <laughs> right. right. Who, you know, yeah. 
So um, I guess, so I don't I don't know. Like I'm not one of these people. It's like oh, you don't need to try so hard to be culturally relevant. Though I do kind of think you don't need to try so hard to be culturally relevant, right? And like you were talking about with advertising earlier, right? That's essentially what the church is doing, and this kind of radical authenticity. We're not getting that with Easter egg hunts, right? Yeah. Stop trying to be. Stop trying to make it like that. Like do church in a way where church is. It's anti-cultural because that's what I mean if you read the Bible that's what Jesus was kind of going for and and it's just all in good fun and we're just trying to appeal to family no you're not you're trying to get more people in the door to give you more money you know and if you see your pastor dressed up as the Easter Bunny ha huh, that's funny here take my money like that's the whole point it's not to save people it's not to, to convert someone's life it's not to make you think of the needy you're, you're doing that to get more people in the door and for people to go home and tell their friends about their friends about their friends on Facebook and whatever. Take a picture of me, put it on Instagram, and then go stand with the pastor and take Instagram pictures and, and share it and use the hashtag, you know, Trinity First Baptist Mega Global Church. Like, that's the whole point. It's marketing, and it sucks. That's not what the church should be doing, especially at this point where, I mean, for better or for worse, at least the Protestant church is not doing so hot here in the American South. So... Yeah, I think on the one hand it is marketing, um, but I also wonder if it's like, I don't know, you know, some of it strikes me as, um, well, people are going to do this anyway, we want to give them, like, I don't know, a safe Christian version in which to do it, I, I don't know, or like, everybody else is doing it, so we got to do it too, I mean, I think there's a lot of that that the churches go through, but, you know, I, I'm thinking about... Because churches think they're garden clubs, or... or right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, FFA, no, no, you know, right. like what's the difference? But so, okay, so these churches that are like, "Hey, the Easter Bunny's coming to our church, and there's going to be eggs, and you know, your kids can hunt eggs." Like, I don't know. So I worked. I used to work at a church that had um, somebody dress up as Santa Claus to like come down and give gifts to the kids, and it's like, I don't. I just don't get it. it it's it's kind of uncomfortable, and it's not it's not the place or time for that. Like church is worship. And if you want to do that, do that. Like have Santa come to church or whatever, you know, go in the fellowship hall. Don't. But I will say, you know, well, no, I mean, like, even in the fellowship hall, like I don't, oh, I, know, I, I don't agree with that personally. I'm saying, but if you really feel the need to have Santa or the Easter bunny or Vishnu or whoever come to church, like I'm not saying Vishnu is. <laughs> so Vishnu comes to my church. <laughs> I want to go to that church. Vishnu doesn't go to everybody's church. That's our congregational church on the street. Um, uh, Unitarian Universalist, which uh, the Unitarian Universalist Church in Asheville, by the way, is awesome. Uh, so, you know, if you want to have that, like, yeah, do that. But I mean, I, I've I've worked with churches. I've seen churches where Santa Claus walks in and like kneels at the altar and prays. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah, you see a thousand nativities like that where it's, you know, yeah, a like Santa kneeling down at the manger. No, that's even worse, in my opinion. <laughs> like, why? What? I mean, it's like it's like the, the Stay Woke Pepsi thing. Like, why would you think that... It's like making Steve Bannon your, you know, chief strategist. Yeah, it actually is exactly like that. <laughs> but no, I, I think, I think, like you said, a lot of it's just kind of the fear of being culturally irrelevant, and it's, you know, it's, it's. I mean, I, I don't want to be ageist, but it's. 
people who aren't marketing advertising professionals saying oh we got to do something because i look around and all, all i see are people that look like me um at you know at my stage in life and typically that's older wider right you know kind of a hegemony of, of people and we got to do something to get some young people in here because we all know that the more youth we have the more money we make and the more young people we have the, you know the better the church is going to be whatever so how do we do that well let's give something for the kid let's have you know a children children's uh, sermon where we we you know continually just um you know have have instagram moments and and I mean, I don't think people are even thinking that far, but let, you know, let's, let's make this as inviting as possible. It, it, what, 10 years ago, 15 years like ago, like secret sensitive. Ago, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, we got to have guitars. We got to have a rock band. We got to have a drum kit behind the, behind the, the bulletproof glass thing. Right. To, you know, like every church has that <laughs> stupid, yep. Yep. Stupid, uh, shield that doesn't actually do anything, but it right. looks cool. So um, there's a, there was a church in a city that I used to live in that for Easter, uh, rented a helicopter and dropped like thousands of Easter eggs into this big field for their like community Easter egg hunt. Really? Yeah. So it's like, we're going to spend all this money, but like, we're going to, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to do a big, right. We're going to do a huge, everybody's going to be talking about it. So what, what do you think about, what do you think about the Easter egg hunts like that? Where, not just that he's a helicopter. That's that's kind of awesome. <laughs> no. What I'm wondering is, can we can we get bunnies? Like, I mean, let's I just go to the stores, drop right? Bunnies. Drop yeah. some bunnies out of the, you know, drop some Easter bunnies and some Santa Clauses out of the helicopter. That's so cool. We used right? to go. We used to go to the uh, the Biltmore Easter egg hunt. Okay. Yeah, I've never been to that one. You you. I mean, you know, you got to you got to put your pinky up in the air when you when you sip your hot toddy there. Of it's, course, it's, yeah. it's fancy. It is I'll fancy. Take a picture. I'll it is take a picture fancy. There. Yeah, it's no. very it, it's yeah. fancy. I'll send you a picture of Mary Huth, or my my daughter um, <laughs> with the Easter bunny. It's, it's a Victorian Easter bunny, of course, because you know, That's awesome. white people. And um, <laughs> I just sent it to Anna the other day, and I was like, oh, I remember this. Uh, anyway, so so you go and you do this, and. Um, it, it's 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 i don't know where i was going with that with with the easter bunny oh oh and they actually had real bunnies like hopping around like on on it right in front of the biltmore house did any of them lay chocolate eggs <laughs> i'm sure they did <laughs> you know the kids are, like running around chasing the bunnies they don't give a oh, it's like fuck, screw these eggs <laughs> i want the bunny um so uh, -huh. uh anyway i was gonna say like Okay, so we got helicopters. I want drones. I want I want drones dropping eggs on the tops of kids. Yeah, so like, like plastic eggs. Oh yeah, I'd be surprised. Somebody somebody send us something. I know your church is doing this. Somebody out there, somebody that's listening, their church is doing uh, is using drones for their Easter egg hunt. I'm confident <laughs> of it. Please, please, please. So, send us yes, that. send us this information. Take send a video of it. A video of your drone dropping <laughs> Easter bunnies. All right, so or of your that? drone going and stealing the eggs before the kids can get to them. That's even Ooh, better. You get bonus points for that. Well, you're teaching kids about capitalism. Right. Or like the egg that's on the drone, but they have to like run and catch the drone. <laughs> and then they lose a hand. <laughs> so what do you think about churches that do Easter egg hunts and give away prizes for like who gets the most eggs, who gets the, the secret prize egg which my grandma again and up, up until like high school my my grandma would, would do this when we have like special prize eggs special eggs with money in them 
there was money. There, yep. you, you got you got the uh, you got the the airplane with the little wind up rubber band. Which yep. I mean, I was like the seventeen year old who was like, "Woo, I got that!" You know, the balsa wood airplane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Yeah, um, got the airplane. <laughs> oh, Doyle <laughs> rules. <Screw> you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what, what do you think of churches that give away uh, prizes for for the Easter egg hunt? <clears throat> yeah, no, it's like you said. I mean, that's capitalism for the win, right? I mean, that's kind of like you know the heart of american christianity so uh, they haven't really fallen too far from the tree with that one i mean at least it's not like participation prizes <laughs> you're getting awarded on your on your 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 effort not just right. your showing up your stick to as yeah. npr would call it radio lab yeah i don't i mean i just the whole thing is just odd to me like I've just never really understood it. I mean, and it's, it's you know largely in the same boat as Santa Claus. Um, so hopefully, not many members of my family are listening. I'll get a text about this later. But uh, you, know. Um, you know, it's just like I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I just don't. I if you can, if you can explain this to us, explain this to us, and we will have you on the show after uh, what's his name. <laughs> yeah, after our guy that you know wants to tell us about lead generation, or um, we will we will uh, we will read your your letter, or if you want to send us some audio, or however you want to engage with us, comment on, on the social medias, and we'll uh, we'll we'll follow up and and give you space because I, I would love to hear a defense of this, or at least a, a justification. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm completely on board with if somebody's like, I don't know, we've just always done it and it's kind of fun. Let's just keep doing it. If that's your excuse, that's fine. Um, but I don't feel like most people are comfortable with that. Right. So I feel like I'm still kind of at, at least on, on this particular thing stuck in my like 15 year old mind of looking around and being like, does nobody know bunnies don't lay eggs? But like we're still doing this whole thing. Like nobody, nobody, Bueller. And you look around and it's just like, oh yeah, sure, bunnies and eggs and it has nothing to do with Jesus. But, and the thing is like, I, like I said, I'm not a huge stickler on like everything's got to be super Christian or super like what the text says, though I really am not a fan of the, you know, the nativities that have the wise men there. Before Epiphany, January the sixth. <laughs> right, exactly. They're in route. You need to wait for a year and a half or two years. <laughs> he was a child when they he got was there. A child. Right. So every every other year, or you know, every third year, you can have the wise men. <laughs> you can when we yeah, every third year. Well, it's it's been a while. So you, so you see, kids, they had to travel a long way, and Jesus was a child, right? So you could actually have a like a. A progressive nativity where the, like the baby Jesus gets older. <laughs> right? So then it's like when it, when he's a child, then oh hey, oh hey, by the way, here's some wise men with with a bomb. Um <sighs> they, Yeah, they no, our wise eat. men uh, yeah, our wise men uh, definitely stay in another part of the house uh, when our nativity scenes are out. I used to get in so much trouble at my beloved Emmanuel because I wouldn't let us put the wise men out until the 6th. Right. Until like, Epiphany, what? come on. I'm like, you got to wait till Epiphany. So and I don't know. It's, it's just something it's, I've it's, never it's... been able to wrap my head around. Yeah. 
Well, like I get the Saint Nick thing, except I really do appreciate you know the scholars of religion really pushing hard every year the meme of you know I came to give presents to children and to punch heretics in the face, then I'm all out of presents. I really like appreciate that we're getting this kind of you know you know historical or pseudo historical uh, you know Saint Nicholas who's you know who was Arius that he punched in the face? Kind of a jerk, yeah. Right, yeah. It's like okay, that's my kind of Saint Nick. I like that. Um, like, not not the, not the one with the black peats. Right. So I, I, you know, I, I, at least with the St. Nicholas thing, it kind of goes back to some degree to some pseudo historical tale, like, but you can't even make that crap up for the Easter bunny. Yeah. There's, there's no, well, uh, we need to do some deep diving. When was the Easter bunny invented? Well, I mean, there's a couple of different theories that I've seen, you know, I so a lot of people, so. you know, would, would take it back to like, um, uh, pagan holiday, Austria or whatever, and no, no, no. you know, fertility cult type thing. That makes sense. It's bunnies. They mate and they have a lot of babies, right? That makes sense. There are a lot of a lot of really pro fertility things within kind of the realm of Christianity. Uh, anyway, um, so there's that. Some people talk about it kind of being a German tradition that gets brought to America in maybe the uh, 17th or 18th century. Um, but I don't know. So maybe maybe. Uh, you know, we probably know people that are experts on this if we would just ask them. Yeah, but that's too um, much trouble. That's way too much trouble. I'll bet Canada Moss knows this. Yeah, but she's not going to come back on the show again or ever after you. Um, so, 1700s German immigrants, according to history.com. Right. And history.com is like the source of all history. <laughs> The customs protocols the U.S. and the Fable Rabbit's Easter morning deliveries <laughs> expanded to include chocolate, I bet it did, and other types of candy and gifts. Additionally, children often left out carrots for the bunny. In case Which is that, okay, that makes sense. Like, bunnies coming around, leave it a carrot. I get that. I can respect that. I can respect the carrot. It was uh, Ostahasha. Ostahas. Which became Easter. Yeah, th- I mean, the whole, like, oh, this goes back to ancient pagan no we're just kind of making it up oh. at that point right we're looking for somebody something related to fertility that kind of sounds like easter so we're like oh that was it obviously yeah right uh origin wikipedia which is never wrong says originating among german lutherans man see the lutherans there's just lutherans man they're stinking God. lutherans jeez the easter hare originally played the role of a judge about <laughs> there's germans with their judges i know Belschnickel. Uh, the Easter Hare originally played the role of a judge, evaluating whether children were good or disobedient in behavior at the start of the season of Eastertide. I uh, see. I, I can get on board with that. Like an Easter Bunny that has some—he's got some authority. He, he can judge whether you're good or bad. He's watching you. He, he knows if you've been naughty or nice. You know what else I can get on board with? Are the the bunnies and the illuminated medieval manuscripts? Yeah, they're like killing people. <laughs> they're, they're they're terrible. Yes, the violent bunnies. So maybe that's right. Maybe we had that, and there's like some weird thing going on with rabbits and um in the Middle well, Ages. I, I and then we're like, oh no, we gotta we've gotta make we've gotta kind of pacify the rabbits and make them um you know more kid friendly. So now they're like gonna instead of killing people or being judges, they're gonna give them candy. Sort of. Well, going back to was it Plutarch? Plutarch or someone wrote about rabbits being hermaphrodites and that they could reproduce without the loss of their virginity, basically. Uh, 
so some of that manuscript illustration has to do with the Virgin Mary and uh, the rabbit quickly became a symbol of like the Virgin um, and there's the associations you know with the fertility symbols coming out of that um, it's less to do with like you know ancient ancient uh, like Ishtar ancient, worship ancient. Like, <laughs> yeah you know I mean it, I, I think it's less Mediterranean I think it's more of like that that Roman sort of fascination with classification um, it was Pliny or, or Plutarch or someone uh, wrote a treatise about you know animals <laughs> and basically said like oh yeah and, and, and rabbits they're hermaphrodites and it became like this kind of accepted meme just like you know it's Obama's fault that Syria is the way it is because of how it is and you know it's fake news but it got picked up um, and that becomes identified with the Virgin Mary so when you see a, a, a bunny in northern European manuscripts in the 11th 12th 13th centuries a lot of times <clears throat> it's kind of standing in for the Virgin Mary, but yeah, then then you get the the weird bunnies who are like right, but why they're always trying to like they're like killing dogs and they're like have bows and arrows, <laughs> right. right? There's this one. There's this great one I'm looking at now. The bunny has her dog on a leash and it's like holding a stick. <laughs> it's so, not like playing with it. Can, uh, we can use yeah. that. This is fantastic. And then there's another. Oh, these are so good. I mean. Oh, and there's like a whole little battle scene where the bunnies are in the towers, but it's like dogs that are trying to attack the castle. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few of those. So what is it? So so what do we not know about dogs? Like, are dogs evil? And we didn't know this this whole time. Well, and it's very allegorical, you know. They all stand in for something. I know. Oh, there's this great one where this bunny, he's again holding a stick, but he's riding a dragon, but it looks like he's like. I guess it's a dragon, but he's like cut the dragon's head off. So he's like holding it like, who's got your head? I've got your head. The bunny's got your head. <laughs> the puppy won his head back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, bunnies are, are not nice. And especially like, I think it's 13th century. Like, uh, was it Lindisfarne? Uh, level manuscripts? Like, the Irish, I think it was the Irish manuscripts where uh, the bunnies really kind of go nuts. There's some great Twitter accounts that are yeah, yeah. kind of played out, but there's some fun ones out there if, if you're into that. Um, anyway, I don't I don't want to pick on people, and I'm not I'm not picking on you if your church does this. I'm just I'm just saying like think it through. You know, you're not you're not getting anybody new to come to your church, and you're kind of you're putting lipstick on a on a bunny when you um, try to <laughs> try to dress up Easter. Like, you know, if you want to be really countercultural, like have a midnight service. Have a have a, a real have a sunrise service. Then you can have a watch night on um, New Year's Eve. Yeah, no sunrise service is like have an actual even, one. And that can we talk about like that for a, a second? Sunrise the sunrise like, service that's at like seven thirty, like an hour and a half after the sun has risen. That's what I'm saying. Don't do Come it. Come on, and wake up. Have like bacon. Like right. get <laughs> bacon. your ass out of bed and and be there when the sun comes up and have like a traditional like uh, have have some matzo balls and some uh, some some non bread or whatever you can get at your Piggly Wiggly. Like you don't you don't need to have bacon and eggs for people, because then you're eating the Easter Bunny, and how's that feel? <laughs> Pretty great, actually. <laughs> you know. Oh man, I just really I just want to know that people have thought about it. That's really what I want to know. Thomas, no one thinks about it. And that they've thought, you know what? This is completely absurd, but we're gonna do it anyway. 
because that would make sense. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people saying we we realize this is absurd, but we're we're gonna we're gonna take it as it comes uh, because we we want to do this. We want to have a we want to have drones dropping plastic Easter eggs on top of kids' heads right. full of. But you actually can't put chocolate in them because chocolate melts, and you can't put nuts in them because everybody's got a nut allergy. Or peanut butter, so no Reese's cups. Right. Yeah. So we'll put raisins away. Can't put because you know. Yeah. You can't use real eggs because some kids can't have real eggs. Yeah. So, so Easter's I, not fun anymore. Anyway. I know, man. Easter's so so dead. So I, as a personal anecdote, uh, we've decided, like way back, we don't we don't we do Christmas. Um, but we don't have like the Santa Claus, like big reveal on Sunday mornings, you know, right. like move that bus. And it's like all Santa Claus <laughs> stuff. You should definitely do a move that bus on Christmas morning. We don't, we don't dress up in like snowflake pajamas as a family and put it on Instagram. Um, and we're, and we're, and we're not, you know, it's like, no, they're, they're really, I'm not going to say there's no Santa Claus to my kids. Cause that, I kind of, I didn't make that mistake with my oldest, my nine year old daughter, but she definitely kind of ran with it and she has my skepticism. So she, yeah, <laughs> she was, she was the one who was, you know, like five at school and was like, y'all realize that's just <laughs> like, I still get the presents. We don't yeah. have to go through all the, the hoopla. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and we're doing the same thing with, with the Easter bunny stuff and we're, we're not doing, you know, like, we'll, yeah, we'll sure. We'll go do an Easter account, but we're not tying that to Easter per se. And we don't have the Easter basket. We're have to run out to Walmart on Saturday night and, you know, buy a twenty-five dollar bag of, you know, hydrogenated corn syrup and, right. you know, whatever. Um, and and then I'm okay with that. And it's actually, you know, the wife's kind of kind of pushing that. So, because you know, we we take this seriously, and Easter is a pretty big holiday for us. You know, we don't we don't need to dilute it with uh, with this false sense of of cultural relevancy. So maybe next week we can talk about how people should not lie to their children about a fake fat guy bringing them presents. That'd be yeah. fun, right? We definitely yeah. won't get any any hate mail after a show like that. I'm waiting for it after this, <laughs> after, after this show. I know. That's why we're yeah. gonna be Mennonites, and and we're gonna I'm gonna I'm growing my beard out, and I'm not gonna use any electronic equipment, and no, um, you know. But I mean, let, let's make Easter great again. There you go. Yeah. I don't think we need to add anything to that. You think we're done? Yeah. Hashtag make Easter great again. M A E A. See that that doesn't we we need a, a consonant in there. No, it's mega. Oh, make you're right. <laughs> oh, there we go. Jackpot. Hashtag 